Parashat Tetzaveh. Ve'ata Tetzaveh et Bene Yisrael. Moshe is commanded to command Bene Yisrael. Ve'yikhu elecha. And they should take to give you Shemen Zayit Zach. They should get pure olive oil. Katit, that is well pressed. Lamaor. The olive oil is going to be used for lighting. We know this lighting refers to the menorah. That you would light the menorah in the Mishkan. So they needed to collect oil for this lighting. Leha'alot ner tamid. In order to light the nerot of the menorah, tamid, always. What does it mean that they're going to light the nerot of the menorah always? What does the word tamid mean? Is the light of the menorah always on? That's what it sounds like. Leha'alot ner tamid. Sounds like they're constantly lighting the menorah. But Rashi says, this is not so. Says Rashi, Tamid, Kol Laila Velaila Karui Tamid. He says, every night they would light. And that's called lighting always. Says Rashi, I have a proof that the word Tamid doesn't mean always the way it sounds. We say, Olat Tamid. Every day there is a korban that is brought, korban tamid of the morning and the afternoon. They, help, they bring it once in the morning, once in the afternoon. It's called korban tamid. So you do something every night and that's called tamid, that's called always. There's a lot of depth to this Rashi. And I'd just like to share that with you. First of all, we know the Mishnah Perkei Avot that says, Ase Toratecha Keva. Which means that your learning or your Torah not necessarily learning only. Torah Techa could maybe mean other things too. But I said Torah Techa Keva. The Mishnah doesn't say you should learn Torah, you should keep the mitzvot. It doesn't say that. There's a different message here that the Mishnah is saying. That your Mishnah should be set. Keva. Kavua. 
In fact, the Rambam writes in Elchot Talmud Torah, famous halachah of the Rambam, he says, Kol Ish Me Yisrael, which means every single Jewish man. Hayav Betalmud Torah. He's obligated to learn. Ben Ani Ben Ashir. A poor person may feel excused. I don't have time to learn. I'm too busy trying to make ends meet. I work three jobs. I get home tired. I have to fix in the house. I have to clean. I don't have help. You have to learn. Ben Ashir, or you're wealthy. You're too busy making money. Or maybe you're supporting a lot of people who are learning. So you're doing good. No, but you have to learn. Ben Shalem Begufo, whether you're healthy, a person who's healthy might say, listen, I got to use all my energy now. Ben Baal Yisurin, whether a person is having a hard time with health. Ben Bahur, whether you're young and you have a lot of energy and you're building for your future, maybe you'll say, now is not the time to learn. Now is the time to get myself strong on my feet. Let me make some money. Let me build Build a few homes. Ben Zaken, or if you're an old person. Even if you're a beggar, you go around asking for money. You still have to learn. And then the last thing the Rambam mentions, Ve'afilu. And even... He mentions a lot of difficult situations. A guy's sick, a man is old, a person is begging for money, he knocks on doors for money. It's already a lot. All those guys have to learn. And now he says, And even, even what? What could be, what, what could be more of a hidush than those things? And even if you're married, you have a wife, and even if you have children. What? What's so difficult about that? What's difficult about that is that a person signs a ketubah when they get married that they are obligated to their wife. They're obviously obligated to their children. Their children need them. A person might say, I'm already obligated. I'm done. I have my time is already taken. Says the Rambam, no. Afilu ba'al isha Even if you're a husband, even if you're a father. And the question is really, it's a good question. If you already have obligations, so why should you not fulfill those obligations of being a husband and a father? And the answer is, because you can never be a great husband or a great father if you're not learning. Because the greatest thing you can give your children is the wisdom of being a father who gives them direction. You give them money, it's nice. You give them a house, it's nice. But you give them wisdom. How are you going to give them wisdom if you're not learning? Each father and mother should 
aspire that their children should be in awe of them. Not fear, awe. You're going to have your children be afraid of you. And they'll do what you ask them because they're afraid of you. When someone's afraid of you, you can control them because they're afraid of you. But that's not what you should want from your children. You want them to be in awe of you. In awe means they look at you and they're just awesome. People who are in awe of you want to be like you. People who are scared of you will do what you say only when you're around. The minute they get out of your control, they don't want to have anything to do with you. How would a father and mother, how would a person have this status where these children are in awe of them? They look at them with such reverence, such kavod, such respect. Well, you need to have wisdom. You have to have chokhmah. So the Rambam is saying, listen, you're married, you have children, you want to fulfill your responsibilities, guess what? You can't do it. Unless you're learning. And then after all of this, the Rambam writes, V'chayav likvoa lozman. A person has to have a set time to learn. Bayom ubalayla. During the day, during the night. Like it says, Vihagita bo yomam balayla. A set time to learn in the day and a set time to learn at night. And I ask you, isn't there a better way of saying this halacha? Isn't it better to say just learn when you can? You know how much we could learn if you learn when you can? The great Hazonish who didn't waste a minute of his life when he was asked by a person, so do you learn? He said, yeah, I learn when I can. You understand how much you could learn if you learn when you can? Whenever you have five, ten minutes, half hour, two hours, five hours, you have a vacation, you have a time off, you have any idea how much you could learn if you learn when you can? Do you think that setting a time to learn is going to get you more learning than if you learn when you can? Why in the world would the Rambam say and make sure that you set a time every day in the day and at night? When he could have just said, and by the way, you should learn when you can. Because that's really the truth. You have to learn when you can. How much can you learn? Depends on the person. Depends on the age. Depends on the situation. Some people could learn for an hour. Some people could learn for 20 hours. Learn when you can. Simple. Your mother needs you? Then you can't learn now. But learn when you can. Like the Rambam writes later on, that if a person has to stop learning, he should go do what he has to do, and then go back to learn. A person's whole life needs to be where they go back to learn. Oh, I have to go eat. It's fun. Go eat, come back to learn. Oh, I have to go work. So go work, come back to learn. I got to shower. So go shower, come back to learn. I got to take someone to the hospital. So go and come back to learn. That's what the Rambam says later on. That's, that's how you operate. 
So why over here is he saying something else that seems to be not, not so important? If I'm a guy who's going to fulfill the Rambam's halakha of Yahzor Talmudah, if I'm going to fulfill the halakha of I'm always going to go back to my learning, so why does the Rambam have to tell me to set time every day? What's interesting is that everyone knows this famous Gemara in Masechet Shabbat, the Gemara says that after 120 there's going to be a sort of a quiz. They're going to ask questions of each person to see if he did anything in his life. And it says over there that the first question they're going to ask a person is Nasata benatata be'emuna Did you deal honestly with people? Were you a trustworthy person? Did you keep your word? First question. Imagine that. Did you keep your word? Are you reliable? If you say, I'm going to do something, do you do it? Do you lie? Are you honest? First question. Who could have imagined that? The first question they will ask a person, were you a reliable, trustworthy person who kept their word. You don't have to be in business to keep your word. Keeping your word happens all day, every day. Do you promise and you don't do? Do you commit and you don't come through? That's the first question. Second question is, Kavata itim la Torah. Did you set times for Torah? Notice they didn't say, do you learn when you can? Kavata itim. Did you set times, times, two times, day and night? Did you set times for Torah? What's the setting time business? Are we missing the point? Is it really about setting times? Or is it about learning? Isn't it about how much did you learn? Why are we so focused on setting times? We see this not only in learning. Perfect, thank you. Not only in learning it's like that. But we see it in other things as well, like tefillah. Halakha says, Gemara says, Hakoveya makom litfilato, a person who sets a place for his tfilah, Elohe Avraham Be'ezro. Wow. What a prize. The God of Avraham is going to help him. Thank you. You know how much siyata dishmaya Avraham had in his life? Abraham Avinu goes down in history as the most successful, most beloved. As we live today, 4,000 years after he lived, 3,700 years, almost every person in humanity has an appreciation and love to Abraham Avinu. During his lifetime, he was super wealthy, super powerful, super influential. 
super successful, lived a long life. Elohe Avraham, the one that was with Avraham, Be'ezro, will be helping you. He'll hold your hand too. What do I have to do to get Avraham's, Elohe Avraham to help me? What, what do I have to do? Who would have imagined? You know what I have to do? You have to have a set place in your tefillah. Set place. Set place means you're praying the same place. You have a certain minyan. You, use, you pray that minyan. You have the same chair. Makom kavua. That's your spot. When you go to pray, you have a makom kavua. Really? That's all it takes? If I have a set place to pray... So, that's how I get the siyata, the shmaya of Avraham Avinu. Again, isn't that like missing the point a little? Shouldn't they say, like, how is your kavanah in tefillah? How did you pray? How long your amidah took? How focused you were? So shocking that they, they focused on something that's like, okay, because you have a seed, you bought a seed in shul, that, that's... That's how you got to be, have a siyata dishmaya. What's this with this koveya business? Setting a time to learn, setting a place to pray, having a place every single week. When you sit down here, having a place, they would ask you, not did you go on Fridays, did you hear? Did you have a set place? You have a, you have a set chair? Say, what? That, that, that was the question? Did I have a set chair? I don't have a set chair. One time I sat here. One time I sat there. Every time I walk in, I say, wherever, wherever I find. No, no. You have a set spot? You'd be like, come on. Shouldn't you ask me if I was listening? Shouldn't you ask me if I was taking notes? Shouldn't you ask me if I actually tried to fulfill what I learned? Isn't that the real question here? Set place? What are we missing here? What's so important about setting something? Kavua. A kavua minyan, a kavua place to learn, a kavua time to learn, and anything really important in life. Kavua, you have to have kavua. When they say kavata, it doesn't only Torah. Anything important in your life, you have to have a time. What's so important about that? Just do it. Why do you have to have koveya? Why do you have to set a time ahead of time? What's the value of that? So the simple answer to this question, the simple answer, and it's not so simple. It's very, very important, the simple answer. The simple answer is that life has so many things that take our time and attention. Just as how life is. I'll give you a story that took place some years back. It's written in some books about a college professor that walked into a class with a mayonnaise jar, a jar of mayo, empty. And in front of the class, he takes out a bag of rocks. Each rock was about two inches of diameter from end to end. And he took all the rocks and he put them in the jar. 
until he couldn't put any more rocks. Try to put more rocks and they don't fit. So he asked the people in the class, so is there any more room in the jar? And they said, no. Well, then he took out a different bag, a bag of pebbles. And he put the pebbles in the jar and he started shaking the jar and then the pebbles found all the little holes that were in between the rocks. All, a full bag of pebbles fell in that jar. He asked them, so tell me, is there any more space in the jar? And they laughed and they said, no, now there is no more space. So he took out a bag of sand and he put it in the jar. And the sand found its way in between the pebbles. A whole bag of sand fell in the jar. And this man got up and said, that my dear friends, your life is like a jar. You're the jar. The big rocks represent the important things in your life. Life has many, many parts, but not all of them are important. There are big rocks in your life. The things that are valuable, the things that are meaningful, the things that are going to make you successful in the world that you live in. Your wisdom is a big rock. Your kindness is a big rock. Your attitude, your relationships, your marriage is a big rock. Your children are big rocks. Your character, your midot are big rocks. There are big rocks in your life. When the jar is empty, make sure you first put in the big rocks. Make sure you have clarity about the big rocks. Make sure you're putting in the right priorities for those rocks. Because if you would fill up this jar with pebbles and sand, you're not going to have room for the rocks. And what a pity that would be. That your jar is full of sand and pebbles, things that are very, very meaningless. Things that don't mean anything or don't mean too much. When you fill up your jar with meaningless things, you have no room for the rocks. How true that is. How accurate that is. How powerful that is. That our jar could be filled with stupidity and nonsense when the big rocks we forget about. The most important things that will literally transform our lives and the people that we love and our future and our legacy could be completely ignored because we're so busy. But busy with what? It doesn't take so much to be busy. But it takes a great person to be busy with the right things. That's why you have to set a time for the important things in your life. You have to set time to learn. Yes, learn when you can, but you got to set time. 
You got to have a havruta at this time. You got to have a seder at this time. You got to make times. Because chances are, if you don't make times, then life could take you from every angle. When we say set a time, it means it's real. It's a time that you will not miss. For any reason. And if God forbid there's an emergency, you make it up. That's why maybe it says, Nasata venatata be'emunah. That's the first question. Is your word a word? And then they ask, did you learn? Did you make times? Because if your word is not a word, there's no sense of making times for anything. Because you don't keep your word. You got to keep your word first. Otherwise, what's your setting time do? You don't follow it anyway. If you don't set times for the important things in your life, they're going to be forgotten. Life has a way of filling up your whole time with nothing that matters. So make sure you have a set time to learn. Make sure you have a set time to pray. Make sure you have a set time for the important things in your life. But there's something that's deeper than that about setting time. Which comes from Rashi that we just learned. You see, the greatest compliment, and maybe this is within your ability to understand, or maybe not, but either way, it doesn't change the reality. But the biggest compliment of a human being on this planet, the greatest achievement of a human on this planet, is a description called to be an Eved Hashem. Eved Hashem has a lot to it. Eved Hashem means you're absolutely, you're an amazing human being. And Eved Hashem means you're a person that never gets angry. You're an Eved Hashem means you're the kindest person. And Eved Hashem means that you're always honest. And Eved Hashem means you're full of simcha. And Eved Hashem means you're a person that's dedicated completely to the creator of the world and all of that aspects and all that comes out of that. To be an Eved Hashem is the number one aspect of what you can be in life. Number one. When Moshe Rabbeinu died, the Torah eulogizes him as Moshe Eved Hashem. That's it. No more words necessary. Eved Hashem is a person that's committed to live life on the highest standard who only the Creator can give. And Eved Hashem understands that there's no way that I'm going to go through life guessing of what's going to be good and not good for me. Being that I'm the first time in this world, there's no way that I would go through this world figuring out on my own how to do this, how to be a 16-year-old, how to be in high school, how to date, how to get married, how to raise a child. I don't know how to do those things. I don't know how to do anything, actually. And Eved Hashem is a person who realizes that there is only one system that can guarantee success, and that is to be a complete servant of the Creator. To wake up in the morning and to ask yourself, what does the Creator want from me right now? 
What does he want from me? I don't decide things in my life based on what do I want to do. That's not how I work. So you want to go here? I don't know. Should I? What do you think? That's not, I don't think like that. And Ever Hashem doesn't decide things based on what he likes, what he's in the mood for. I mean, maybe when it comes to having drinks, if he's in the mood for orange juice more than lemon, that's fine. But an Ever Hashem doesn't decide real life decisions with what am I into. It doesn't matter what you're into. You're an Ever. You have to act like an Ever. What does an Ever do? An Ever says, I don't I have a master. What do you want to do? Whatever he says to me. An Ever doesn't make their decisions based on what they want. The definition of an Ever is is that their time doesn't belong to them. Their time belongs to their master. An Eved Hashem is someone who realizes that he is completely unreliable as a human being for himself, as we've already demonstrated for each of ourselves plenty of times that we're not reliable because we failed many times over in many areas and more is coming up. I'm not reliable. I don't know what I'm doing. Let's be honest. So I'm Eved Hashem, I'm committing to be a servant of the Creator. I will follow instructions. I will ask, what do I need to do now? What's good for me now? I'm not going to question the Creator of the world. I'm Eved. That is the highest form of living in this world. To be an Eved Hashem. To go to sleep as an Eved Hashem and to wake up as an Eved Hashem. What an amazing life that is. It's a life full of peace of mind. It's a life full of confidence. Of course I'm confident because I don't decide based on what I think. I decide based on the creator of the world. I am confident in what I'm doing. I am not afraid. I am not afraid to fail. I am not afraid to be anywhere. I do what I do with complete strength and complete focus. I go to sleep every night and I'm happy because I did everything that I'm supposed to do. I wake up in the morning not scared. I wake up looking forward to another day of how I could be in Eved Hashem. My life is full of simha. It's full of confidence. It's full of peace of mind. It's full of success. Is it possible to be successful in the world that the Creator made without following His instructions? Are we really imagining that we're going to figure this out on our own? We're going to go and figure this out? You've never been here. Neither have I been. And every situation in life is unique. You're going to go and let it roll on your own? Plenty of people have done that in life. And plenty of people are failures. And Eved Hashem is someone who is committed to his success. And Eved Hashem is someone who is committed to an awesome life. And Eved Hashem is not a hazikes. Now he ran out of things to do, he became Eved Hashem. Not a person who's unintellectual un, un, un or lost his mind. Never the Shem is someone who understands very well. 
and understands that every failure that he's had so far in life, and everybody here has failed, sometimes it hurt very badly, and sometimes it feels very badly. Every failure that we've had in life is because of our lack of understanding of what needs to get done. Because we're not an Ebed Hashem. There comes a day where a person wakes up and says, this is my commitment to myself. Hashem doesn't need slaves. I think He needs us, our service. I think you're helping Him by being His, his servant. You think you're giving him something? Don't forget, he made you and the whole world. He made the sun. He made the planets and he's still running them. You think he needs you? He needs your Shabbat. He needs your tefillah. He needs your Torah. He needs your mitzvot. What do you think he needs, he needs from you? Come on. You got to get out of that child thinking. A child thinks he eats and he's doing a favor to his mother. That's what he thinks. Mom, I ate. Aren't you proud of me? His mother's running around to feed him as if he's doing her the favor. That's what a child thinks. But one day he should wake up and realize, wait, she's doing you the favor. You got it all backwards. The Creator doesn't need you, doesn't need me. To be an Ebed Hashem is an investment in me, not in Him. It's an investment in my future, in my life, in my success. Yes, there is a huge difference if a person wakes up tomorrow morning and says, I am committing to being Eved Hashem. That commitment already makes you on a new level. And Eved Hashem or not, it happens in the moment. It's not something you develop over time. You don't become an Eved slowly. You are not an Eved, you're an Eved. That's how it works. You wake up one morning and you realize, hey, where is this going? And Ayved Hashem needs to be established. Not just by waking up in the morning and saying, I'm an Ebed Hashem. An Ebed Hashem is a lifetime of a commitment, but it needs, it needs certain things to happen to establish that Avdut. It's not like I mentioned before, you wake up in the morning and you're Ebed Hashem because you said it. No, you need to do something. Like everything in life. If you don't do, nothing happens. You could have great ideas and great dreams and great thoughts. You got to do. Asher bara Elohim la'asot. This world is here to do. You got to do. Dreams of Ebed Hashem, thoughts of Ebed Hashem, even commitment to Ebed Hashem doesn't mean that much. You got to do something. To be an Eved Hashem. So what do I have to do? Like what? Kavata itim la Torah. Did you set time in your day that's blocked for Torah? 
What does that have to do with being an Ebed Hashem? Oh, it has everything to do with being an Ebed Hashem. Because when you set time to do something, you're blocking that time, and you're saying that time doesn't belong to me because I'm an Ebed. When I block off time to pray, and I block off areas, and I pray in that place, in that spot, at that time, then I'm blocking a piece of my life and saying, you see, I'm an Eved. I don't own that time. Actually, I don't own any time. How do I establish my Eved Hashem by doing things that are kavua? By doing something that is set, that I don't change from it. I have a Havruta at 9 o'clock, I don't miss that. For any reason, I don't miss it. An emergency comes, I make it up. That's what it means to be kavua. Kavua means I have this rock, I'm not letting it go. It could be 10 minutes, it could be 10 hours. It's not about the time. The Rambam never mentions time. He didn't say how much time. Because it's not about the amount of learning. That's not what he's talking about. It's about your commitment to be an Eved, even for 10 minutes. If you keep that 10 minutes, you're an Eved for 10 minutes, that already makes you Hashuv. Obviously, you learn whenever you can. But your commitments make you a very great person. A person who lives without commitments is a person who's lacking avdut. You could learn Torah anytime you have, but you're missing an Eved Hashem status. To become an Eved, you have to block off time in your life for important things that Hashem says you should be doing. You should be praying now. That's a blocked off time. Don't show up to shul and whatever minyanas around you pray. That's not the way you do it. I mean, you could pray and you could fulfill the mitzvah, but you're not an Eved Hashem. An Eved Hashem means I have a place to pray. I pray at a certain time. I have a system. I made a system. I cut out a system. It's more than just praying. It's more than just learning. It's being an Eved Hashem. It's a whole new mitziut. It's a whole new briah of a person. It's a whole new reality. You're not the same person. A person who learns when he cans all day is missing something that the guy who learns 10 minutes but kavua. He's missing that. You can't make up kavua. Kavua is a setting of a reality of an Eved Hashem. You got to have things in your life that are set. Important. Take this rock. Take that rock. As much as you can commit to, that's what you need to do to become an Eved Hashem. And all the other stuff, you do extra. Stay longer, learn three hours more, but commit to what you need to commit to. Each person can commit to what they can. It's not important how much time. It's not about that. It's about a real commitment to the big rocks in your life. Today's big rocks for you young men Big rocks are time to learn, a time to pray, a time to learn Musar. 
There's more things, but just those are basics. As you get older, there'll be other rocks. But you got to be committed. When you're committed, you have taken a new title. You're becoming an Eved Hashem. Because you're declaring this time is not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It's out. I mean, it's all about you, really. But you're saying, Hashem, you fill up that time. And perhaps that's what Rashi means when he says, Call Laila, the Laila, you do something every night? Every night you do something? You know what that's called? It's called Tamid. It's called always. Why is every night called always? It's only every night. Why is that called always? Because doing something every night means you're always an Ayved Hashem. Committing to do something religiously every single time means you're always that person. Because no matter whether you're in that time or out of that time, you're committed to that time. That commitment makes you an always. Kavata itim. It's not just so you can have the rocks so that they don't fall apart and you get, become forgotten. That's also important. But you got to make commitments because that is your step to greatness of being an Eved Hashem. You must make commitments, real commitments that you will uphold, small or large, each one on their level. But commitments is what's needed. A life without commitments to the big rocks is a life of emptiness. Shabbat Shalom.